Today, I will tackle the difference between apologetics and evangelism. You may have heard vastly more about evangelism, most likely, but this show is focused on apologetics. Why? I'll show you. Are those two topics closely related? We will address this too. However, it's also important to discuss if saying too much is possible, and if we are truly followers of Christ as well as interested in the truth, then should we be relying on our faith more? Should we be, re be relying on the Holy Spirit to lead us? And what does this mean? I'll show you. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Whitaker Show. This is a show geared towards talking about the many key lessons and takeaways of Christianity with an eye towards apologetics. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever it is. And thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. So let's start off with talking about evangelism. And let me preface this by saying that this is not a discussion on the negatives of either apologetics or evangelism. You know, it's not evangelism versus apologetics. It's and. Uh, apologetics and evangelism. You can liken this discussion to whether or not one chooses a keyboard over a mouse. Yes, they are both used to operate a computer, but each has a different task or orientation. Now, let me give you some differences in a bullet point fashion. Difference one, evangelism is telling others the gospel. Apologetics is defending the truth of the Christian faith. Difference two, apologetics addresses everything from the existence of God to the reliability of the Old and New Testaments. In contrast, evangelism is telling one specific message, the good news about what Jesus Christ has done in order to save sinners. So that's really cool, right? Difference three. Another difference between apologetics and evangelism is that apologetics usually requires some level of intellectual sophistication. Apologetics can involve logical arguments like historical debates, philosophical discussions, interpretive disputes, and more. Much, much more. On the other hand, evangelism is simply telling others the message about Jesus Christ. That's something that every Christian, even a brand new Christian, um, should be able to do in some form or fashion. Now, here is the key point of evangelism. Evangelism and, apologetic and apologetics can be used in tandem as well. There is no reason to disconnect the two in function as well as in use. This is important as one may try to define oneself as only an apologist and not also an evangelist as well, or vice versa. I truly believe that God calls us to live and operate on faith, but he also calls us to be critical thinkers, right? And there is a reason that we can see copious examples, especially in, in the Old Testament, of people reasoning with God and God rewarding their critical thinking. One example is with Abraham, as when he reasoned with God in Genesis 18:16. right? We also see this with Moses, who reasoned with God, and he pleaded for the people of Israel during their long trek through the wilderness multiple times. Um, you know, like he called out for the manna, and then he went up on the mountain for, uh, I think it was like 40 days and, and 40 nights, but then the people built a golden calf, and so he came down with the uh, stone tablets written by God and then broke them um, in his anger over them creating an idol. But then he cried out for God not to not to wipe them out. He does this multiple times. Um, 
God invites critical thinking. It's why he allows for doubts. Now, let's look at some verses that can back this up. 1 Peter 5, 7 states, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, right? This is God saying, you can tell me everything that you need to tell me. You can complain, you can you can cry out, you can gnash your teeth and wail, um, but bring it to God because he truly cares, right? He wants everything. He wants heart, mind, soul, everything. Um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What God's saying is, is that it's okay if you begin to doubt. It's okay if you begin to have questions for him. In fact, there are so many resources there are so many resources out there. You can talk to your preacher, you can talk to your congregation, to your deacon, you can go on Google, you can search the word. Keyword, you can search the word. I mean, if you really need to know something, search the word. If you have the Bible app, you know, I think it's called like Uversion, you can search by keyword. You can actually find you can find verses that talk about that kind of stuff and just take time. There there is merit in going online and looking at a synopsis of what you're trying to look at, right? But there's also a awesome journey in searching the Bible yourself, you know, asking God, please, dear Jesus, God, just, just, just show me what I need to see. And I can almost guarantee it. In fact, I will guarantee this. You will find what you're looking for if you give that moment over to the Spirit, if you give that moment over to God, if you actually search and you actually like rely on God. What's cool is that I can't promise that you're going to find it immediately because God's not like a, like a fast food worker. He didn't just, you know, Oh, what's your next order kind of thing. Right. But I can promise you that you will find what you're looking for. And that might sound like a cop out. Here's the thing. If God is perfect and I am getting off on a tangent here. If God is perfect and he knows all the best things, right? Then Maybe you finding that answer or getting what you're asking for is not the best thing for you right now. And you may think that you need that right now or that's the best thing for you. But um, wouldn't you rather have the God of the universe letting you know if that is the best thing for you? Like, wouldn't you have his plans rather than your plans, seeing as he's perfect? I know I would. So anyways living by the spirit so we see that god encourages us and by the way there are many other examples i would encourage you to look up of god inviting us to critical think with him but he encourages us to work and live with him intimately this is not like a one-off two-off kind of thing this is you giving your entire life over to god i promise you it'll work out better for you that way so let me give you an example as to a fundamental difference between our two topics here Evangelism is key in many ways, one of which is living by the Holy Spirit in one's life. It is very false, in my view, that one can live by reason alone, right? That's a very Enlightenment era way of thinking. Human reason is not the end of all logic in this world, capital N-O-T. And we can see this in that God created the world within certain constraints, right? One being that he can do anything he wants to, and also that he allowed us to see how the universe works through mathematics. One doesn't need human reason and logic to understand biblical mysteries and God's infinite depths, right? One simply has to ask and consult God himself, right? And Jesus tells us this. He goes, I am the way, the truth, and life. 
come to me, right? Rest in me. One example of this is that there is a difference between knowing that Christianity is true and showing it. What do I mean? See, evangelism is the expression of knowing Christianity is true. In some ways, one can show it too, you know, like through that route. But evangelism has always been a spirit-led thing. This is something that you do for outreach. This is something that you do to get out of your comfort zone, right? Evangelism is something anyone can do at any time and should. If your church offers a program to go and evangelize, I would recommend you do so to see how fundamentally it can change your life as it's a lifestyle tool. Like my church um, does a lot of a lot of evangelism in Jamaica, like a lot of bringing in aid, a lot in helping out, and then a lot in, in preaching the word and that kind of stuff. One has to mitigate one's ambition, fear, and vanity when dealing with evangelism. Why? Because it's easy to go out and save souls and think that it's you doing it, capital Y-O-U. But evangelism isn't taking a passage and breaking it down for someone. It's telling them that passage, right? It's telling them that word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is power in those words, right? And that's not, that's not you explaining the things. That's just you just reading out the word to somebody. Apologetics could entail explaining aspects like how God didn't mean the world as in worldly things like in that previous passage but also that he made but all that he made was good especially humans his chosen creation that's what he meant right um evangelism is touting the transformative change it's it's where i came from and now here i am it's the i once was lost but now i'm found sort of spirit-led teaching mechanism so yes one teaches and discusses Christianity in this mode, but it is not a debate platform, right? So let me give you a primer on apologetics now. Now, apologetics, on the other hand, one can see Christian apologists like William Lane Craig and like Ravi Zacharias as those that are explaining deep science and philosophical topics to explain God. This is great, and this is my focus. However, I didn't name this show Evangelism, like I said earlier, versus apologetics, but Evangelism and Apologetics, or Apologetics and Evangelism. Each has their role, but you would be hard-pressed to find an apologist who doesn't have also a rich history in evangelism. And I don't mean that they're missionaries, but that they would be those who would know the importance of evangelism, sharing their faith and living by the Spirit in that way. Let me show you some examples of apologetical discourse in the Word of God. So, firstly though, let me preface this by saying, apologetics comes from the word apologia, or Apologia. I don't really know which spelling or which like way you pronounce it, but A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A. This means simply defense. Now, Acts 7 shows us Stephen making a defense in front of his accusers in the city of Jerusalem. Stephen details the offense in the Torah to the high priest, framing history to detail how stiff-necked those pharisaical Jews were and how they would resist the Holy Spirit just as they resisted their prophets like Moses. He then transfers over to evangelism by being suffused in the Holy Spirit and trying to show them the glory of God by detailing Jesus next to God at the right hand of God. And then he's, and then he's stoned for his belief, right? That's, that's just, that's just kind of how that worked. Um, Paul also sets out his defense as well detailing a defense of the gospel itself, but also how reasonable faith in Christ is, right? So Paul details how Jesus 
fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies on the day of the Incarnation. Let me give you this primer on apologetics by Jerry Root. Jerry states, given the fact that a world exists, we must ask, why is, why is anything there rather than nothing there? If the world that exists is full of contingencies, then something must be necessary, essential, and non-contingent. What is it? Furthermore, in the midst of these mutabilities and change, why is there still an observable continuity? Why is there not chaos rather than order? Why is there such precision in the movement of the heavens that people have been able to predict solar eclipses accurately for hundreds of years? Why do things seem to work toward predictable and developmental ends? Why can't we even talk about things like maturity and purpose? And why are we disappointed when things do not seem to go according to plan? If all is chaos, he wraps up, these disappointments would not bother us because they would be normative, not exceptional. These and a host of other questions like them are the kinds of things presuppositional apologetics wrestle with. And that's that, that, that's what he says. I think that, that that's a perfect example of trying to explain the essence of apologetics. Now, apologetics is a tool, right? So we've had some examples here, but where is the meat, right? Where's the meat of the topic? Well, the meat is apologetics is a culture tool. What do I mean? I mean that apologetics can shape culture and bring the culture to an especially post-enlightenment Western culture. Secularism is deeply rooted in the West now from the 17th and 18th century European Enlightenment thinking era. Free thought leads to atheism directly, I believe. Um, and I've experienced this in my life personally, like when I stopped thinking about morality, God, and the origins of Western, of Western society, namely belief in a holy God. That's just something that I stopped doing when I was younger. I became a so-called free thinker and engaged in all the world religions. Theological knowledge wasn't important to me at the time, but boy did I miss the boat. Um, I, did, I did understand the value of a book that was more than 2,000 years old and held knowledge that humanity is still discovering today. The book of, of Leviticus in the Bible, as well as several books in the Torah of the Old Testament, show us, um, shows us like how to wash our hands, something surgeons in the West didn't start doing until the 1870s. And that guy was ridiculed when he did create it. I can't remember his name, but I remember that the article detailed that he was ridiculed at the time for even like suggesting that you should wash your hands before and after a surgery. And this was especially true when dealing with dead bodies of humans and animals and in, and in preparing food. You know, like we saw in Numbers and Deuteronomy, like many, many, many times that God was pretty clear about touching dead bodies and dealing with dead animals and which parts you can consume, which animals that you can consume, all that kind of stuff. There is so much historical knowledge in the Bible, so much knowledge about all the facets of the world that I missed out um, on all that stuff at first, right? And then once God brought me back in, I realized, wow, um, I thought I was being logical, but I was actually being illogical as I couldn't and can't now think of a single reason to abstain for the, from the wisdom of the word of God. Like I didn't have a good reason. I didn't actually like logic this out. I was just being illogical and that I just said, no, I don't want to believe in this. It's not what I want to do, but I was missing out on all, on all this common sense that God gives us. Now notice I didn't say Christianity, I said the Word of God. Saying one is a Christian, it's like saying one is a Democrat or a Republican. What does that matter, right? 
Saying that one is a follower of God is far more important in terminology. It's like saying one is a conservative or a liberal. Like that actually means something. Those are ideologies. You know, being a libertarian, being a conservative libertarian. All those titles are actual ideologies that actually mean something. So, let's continue on. Um, in summary, I hope that you've learned a little bit about the differences between apologetics and evangelism. You know, they each have great purposes and they each work in tandem. But it is important that if you feel like you have an interest in diving in to the world of, of science and the world of like debating that you definitely go find resources to draw upon. Like I do this every day of my life. I read like William Lane Craig stuff, like Rabbi Zacharias stuff. There's tons of other apologists out there that do a great job with helping someone understand why they believe in, in God. Because look, from my point of view, I'm a very um, like logical thinker kind of person. I really need someone to talk this out with me. That's what I really needed in my faith. And so what this translates to is that I find a lot of meaning in apologetics because it allows me to, A, like defend my faith and also to show that a Christian can be logical. Oftentimes people think that Christians are just dogmatic faith-based believers that don't engage in any kind of critical thinking. And that may be true for some of them, right? But God, as, as I've shown, does encourage critical thinking. You know, when um, Abraham debates with God over ending Sodom and Gomorrah, He's showing us critical thinking. He's like, God, aren't you, you know, like, aren't you a holy God? Like, aren't you a good God? So even if there's one person in there, like, even if there's, even if there's a hundred people in Sodom and Gomorrah, then we should keep the city, right? Like, we should go save them. And so God gives him that, God gives him the opportunity, but because He's rewarding him for his critical thinking, He's saying, He's saying, I am perfect and holy, but I want you to, to be perfect and holy as well. So therefore, engage in his critical thinking so that you understand where I am coming from. And so like we see this tons of times, you know, like Jesus, with the way that he spoke in the New Testament, he was always speaking in parables. Like he was encouraging his, his, his believers to think about his parables and think outside the box. Like he wanted people to be critical thinkers because when God allowed us to, to have free will, he did that because we're not just robots. He didn't want robots. <laughs> like when you choose God, just when you choose your wife every single morning that you wake up or you choose your kids or you choose to be nice that day, you are making a conscious choice to be good. You're making a conscious choice to make a difference in the world that you wouldn't otherwise make. And that's what's so super cool. And that would be more along the lines of evangelism. You know, talking to somebody about your your faith journey and, and how you got to where you you are now and then showing that, you know, God so much, God loved the world so much that he gave, right? So we have a giving religion. We have a religion that's based upon giving your time and your effort. Kind of like how the show isn't broadly known and it's not widely circulated, but there are people that listen to this that really, and like it really changes their life and, and like it really works to bring them closer to God. And this is my way of giving back, right? And so like it does grow, that's perfect and wonderful. And then if it doesn't, this is a study opportunity for me. And it's a chance for somebody that may, is not plugged into church or, 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 not, or not plugged in with God. And they can get a chance to hear more about what Christianity is all about. That's a really key thing there. And so then once you really get in the door with evangelism, that's when you can really start opening yourself up to apologetics, unless something like that might cause you to lose your faith. And that's what's important is that you've got to know your limitations. If you're not confident in your knowledge of God, um, as I'm not either, I have to constantly, look, I have to constantly like look things up. And then the goal is to be able to like to know these kind of things. 
But I tell people like, it might take you years to get there. It may take, that's why I'm doing this. Cause it may take me years of sitting here and designing these shows and later on, you know, like expanding these shows so that I can be more engaged with the word of God in a creative way for myself. So making shows is one way to do it. Or you may really enjoy going out there and just actually like preaching the word of God. Either way, being engaged with God is what the, is what the ultimate goal is. And then spending your time, because there, there are some people out there that they definitely um, can be swayed over to Christianity from like evangelism. What's cool about evangelism is that um, it's it's not you bringing a person to Christ, it's the Holy Spirit in you. And that's what's really key here is that you don't, even with apologetics, it's not about you, it's about God. You've got to keep that in mind. You've got to keep in mind that you're, you're coming into this thing. Don't try to prep like you're about to give your own talk show, right? Prep like you're going to have the word of God flow through you. Prep like you're going to have something that God wants you to say flow through you. Like right now, this is all, you know, all non-scripted, all non-planned for, but I hope to include more of these segments in my show so that you understand my heart in these matters. So hopefully that like resonates with you and, and gives you something to think about as you go about your day that you are engaging in the word in such a way that you are critically thinking about it, but you're also retaining that information so that if someone asks you about it, you can detail to them what you've learned. So what's also a key in this show is that you can say too much, right? There, you can go too hard on what you're describing to other people. And it's very important that you do not do this, right? If it's you forcing it out and it's not the Holy Spirit forcing it out, it's very important that you stop. This might be a time that you can pray or it might be a time that you can, um, you know, like engage them on a different level. Like, hey, let's walk through the Bible together. Or, hey, let's walk through this study topic together. Or let's watch this William Lane Craig video about like, apologetics together, right? So... Oftentimes, one can debate like they're debating, you know, a mathematical theory with somebody and and say too much. I do not want people to think that you either have to or do not have to over explain something. I am prone to over explaining things. Um, it works well in my marriage, but it may not work well when I'm trying to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ because they may feel like they're being attacked and that kind of stuff. So definitely, definitely do some soul searching on what is saying too much. There is. There is over explaining. Sometimes people do, don't need you to explain something to them. Something, sometimes they need you to just sit there with them or to pray over them. You know, like when your wife comes home and she um, has had a bad day. And so your objective is not to fix her problem. Your objective is to listen to her. And that's something that I'm learning more and more because I'm a fixer. I like to be able to fix the issue and to give a solution. Um, sometimes people don't want solutions. They want you to just be there with them in their non-solution. So I definitely would like to inspire you guys and gals to go out there and study the word of God and get involved in this kind of stuff. And ultimately, look, there are so, there's such a plethora of stuff that you can get engaged with. I mean, I personally latch on to apologetics and more of like the philosophical side of apologetics. So when I read the word of God, I like to relate like what I'm reading to philosophy and like relate it to how I can explain it to somebody. But get in there and find what your gift is. That'd be a great tool for you and then a great outlet for you. I want to thank you guys and gals for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Like there, we do average about 30 um, listens a month, which is really incredible for a show that's not on social media. So like if you do love the show and then you do like listening to it, please spread it if you can. Like you can always copy and paste the link. You can always blast it out to the people if, and then people can get more engaged with it. If like you have things to improve, let me know via email. Um, just shoot me an email. 
let me know like if the music's too loud, if you didn't like um, my voice, if you didn't like the show, and then I can improve this stuff. And then like if you did like it, like tell me why you liked it. But um, I also want to thank that random person out there who donated a sizable chunk of money out to the show. I really appreciate it. Um, that makes a world of difference. That keeps the lights on on the show. That that helps me to market the show out there and also to um, start building up a fund to get better microphones and better equipment and to my ultimate goal is to transfer this show over to YouTube so that I'm also doing a podcast, but also can make like instructional videos on YouTube that kind of go along with the podcast. So thank you so much for that donation. That meant the world to me. Every single donation, every single donation does from a dollar to a thousand dollars. But I just, the goal is not to make money here. The goal is to expand this show and then the influence that it has. And so you're helping to do that like when you donate. So thank you so, so much for that. Um, Y'all have a blessed day, morning, night, evening. Um, And again, thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a blessed day. Bye now.